Hello guys, welcome to this podcast Everyday Talkies which ironically does not come out daily. I am Anshul and I talk about random things to random people, majorly about life, perspectives and thinking process. It's like an interview or let's say more of a conversation with one or two guests about random topics that interest us. To be really honest, it's just a way to reduce my inhibitions in talking to people. So, come join me and enjoy. Hello guys, welcome to the new episode of Everyday Trekkies. Today we are back with the penultimate episode of Lower Decks. It's coming to an end. Sad day. Yeah, I didn't even realize where the time went. Like, yeah, yeah. Already like nine episodes in. But that means that if something ends, something good is coming up. We'll have discoveries starting soon. So yes. the series will not end. Hopefully, okay. This episode is called the Crisis Point, and I must say there are a lot of things to discuss, especially about Star Trek movies in this one. So we'll <laughs> jump soon into that. But first, let us read the IMDb description. Let's see if that does justice. Okay, so the episode name is Crisis Point, ninth episode, and it goes something like this: Mariner repurposes Boimler's holodeck program to cast herself as the villain in a lower deck style movie. Basically, every Star Trek show is incomplete without a holodeck novel or a holodeck movie or a holodeck scenario. So, Lower Decks had to have one. It's like so the holodeck is like one of the you know bread and butter of uh, Star Trek episodes. So whenever yeah you have a gap in between, you just like do a holodeck episode because why not? Yeah, and probably it makes it even interesting because if you see at some point it even gets boring. Like when you have like seven or eight seasons uh, shows of each and all Star Trek, you need some variety. You want to see Leonardo da Vinci at some. point or albert einstein <laughs> or anybody for that matter and so that's the great thing about the holodeck is like the holodeck basically allows the writers to go out of the the time and the setting of star trek and basically write whatever they want with the characters that they have already created always nice you know and even with not with the characters like whenever the holodeck thing comes into my mind the one quick image that flashes in my mind is tom paris and his weird black and white show in voyager yes the holon novel yeah that is is always something which you know has a big impact i think that was a huge running thing as well uh, that was basically just captain proton episodes a fun thing but okay too much diverting so let's let's come back to the plot okay first before the plot let's take our initial impressions so how do you feel after seeing this episode i love this episode not as much as last week's episode but this was a very strong episode and it was surprisingly a darker tone for star trek to go into i mean not that star trek hasn't done it DS9 uh, is obviously a very dark show just lighting wise and theme wise but so this was a pretty dark episode and I really I really enjoyed it what about you yeah me too as well like i think they have really raised the caliber after first couple of episodes we had the episode 4 which really put the mark then it dipped a bit but then i think last week's episode and this episode like i really liked both of them and i liked the change of pace as well and the way i see it it's like the first episodes were kind of playing it safe i mean they were good but they weren't like uh, swinging for the fences and the back half of the season has really been like even if it's bad it was like uh, you know out there it was ridiculous it was you know completely going for it so i think so, so many of the episodes have worked yeah and probably that is like the entire thing of lower decks i guess like it is everything that has not been or should not be addressed in any of star treks has been addressed in lower decks it's something on those lines and i'm lo- loving it i i really like the change of pace like i liked it that they did it something on holodeck the day they made it a bit darker 
there were numerous layers again there, it was it was an episode full of references like i'm wondering if you caught uh, some of them like which i have in mind i caught quite a few uh, i was really mesmerized by how well uh, they parodied the star trek movies oh, and just yes. the little details that went into it so maybe i must uh, maybe i missed some of the other references because of that yeah might be might be so why don't you go ahead like and tell us about the plot and the scenes which you really you know liked so uh, there's no real B plot or C plot in this episode this is a very mariner centric episode it starts with her tearing down a statue on a planet of uh, rat people who are oppressing the lizard people is basically starting an interspecies war and then even for evolution and she's like you know i'm like freeing the lizards from oppression and uh, my captain will be very happy when she hears this and then obviously you know uh, captain freeman comes down and she's like what are you doing like this is ridiculous you cannot even follow the prime directive so she uh, basically banishes mariner to therapy which mariner absolutely hates more than the brig uh, even because the therapist first of all the therapist is bird person and second of all the therapist likes to talk in food metaphors <laughs> and you know while we are on that scene let's not forget one of my favorite scenes which happened during that time when captain freeman asked mariner to go into therapy mariner says this is not the 80s no she says this is the 80s sorry we this is the 80s See, yeah this is the 80s and we don't have psychological problems in this and it is really nice because it's not really 1980s but they're talking about 2380s it applies both like it's like it's uh, you know it goes in circles and i love the fact that uh, this is obviously a very mariner centric episode but uh, a lot of the previous episodes we see mariner as this kind of uh, hyper competent she's obviously the main character so she has to be this she knows when to do the right thing she knows uh, what the good is and she even if she breaks the rules she's doing it for a good reason and this and that and in the, this episode we we really kind of subvert that kind of you know expectation because the episode starts where you know usually an episode would end that she uh, you know tries to free the lizard people from rat oppression she's like you know revolution and war and this is how you get freedom and this and that but then captain freeman comes down and she's basically like you don't need to start a whole revolution to fix this problem and she basically offers the rat people she says that uh, if i give you replicators will you stop eating the lizard people and they're like yeah fine so you know it's that i really like that because it's a reason you kind of realize that freeman is the captain and mariner is still the ensign because freeman sometimes makes uh, smart decisions the kind of decisions that a captain should make while mariner goes full on dramatic uh, you know burst into every situation Yeah Freeman has really really grown on me as a character as a captain as well like least expect her to be a good captain but in these critical scenarios she is really good at diplomacy she may be short tempered and she may be a loud person but when it comes to actually like when it comes down to solving the situation she is super diplomatic and super peaceful like she th- comes up with really good solutions just on the go and you kind of really see her experience that comes with being a captain one more thing this opening i think is really it's emblematic of what the whole episode is about is basically freeman trying her best to cover mariner cover up mariner's mistakes even if it might be like a first contact scenario and it might not have gone exactly how it should have gone but this is more about basically freeman trying to protect her daughter from getting into trouble yep yep and then we jump into how bomler had developed a holodeck series or holodeck but before that before that uh, we have uh, rutherford and tendy basically uh, having shooting practice with da vinci which makes no sense chronologically oh, but yes. you know what does in a holodeck so that was pretty funny and well it was a call back to voyager yep and boimler comes in because he has an interview with captain freeman so he's trying to get to know her 
he is basically simulated the entire crew of the Cerritos and they're going to run through a program but soon enough one of the funniest jokes of that whole uh, initial scene was Boingal says that they are like the exact replicas of all the crew and Rutherford is like he goes up to Shax and he says hi and Shax yells at him <laughs> oh yeah we had this exact conversation an hour ago and you know what just so you don't forget that there's a reference here not with Shax or with anything but with uh, Boimler creating an exact replica of characters in a holodeck this is what Tuvok did in Voyager for a worst case scenario when Marky takes control of the starship and he made a holodeck right, level right, which was super yes, dark he did oh my god that's a, that's a deep cut that, that's, I would not have picked up on that that's a very deep cut yeah okay then moving on to Mariner coding an entire movie in few seconds we need such coders <laughs> in real life but okay anyway Mariner basically codes an entire uh, algorithm that basically turns Boimler's program into a, a movie any movie basically a Star Trek movie uh, and everything from here I was just absolutely in love and i this is i think the best parody of star trek movies since galaxy quest and one of the beautiful shots right from opening credit scenes to the scene when they are really 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 admiring cerritos <laughs> oh damn and again yeah even that's like a it's a parody of all the star trek movies uh, this was the original scenes from the star trek motion picture right when Kurt yeah, Thompson started the motion picture and also the reboot one. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, many Star Trek movies like uh, tend to do this, where uh, you know you look at the ship at, as some like uh, big beautiful thing, and uh, it's funny because even Billups, you know, starts weeping just looking <laughs> at it. And in that scene, they even use the exact same score. Like it's a slight variation on the same James Horner score that is used in the motion picture during that scene. I was absolutely in love with everything that was happening. It's like what I keep thinking about every week when I listen to the theme song. That theme song is pretty goofy. It's playing on like Star Trek theme song tropes. But it's also in itself a very good theme song. You know, when the ship flies in and you get the you know overhead shot of the Cerritos, that always gives me goosebumps. So even if it's like making fun of the thing, it's still a great thing in itself. Okay, and just a couple of more things. When the movie starts, you get like Star Trek style title credits with the you know whoosh flying in. You have the aspect ratio changing from 16 by 9 to 2.35 by 1. Which is Damn, like I didn't scope. note on this. Yeah, it does. It does. Every time they go into the movie, the aspect ratio changes, and also like th- there's like a film grain kind of filter uh-huh, on it. That is that so I you noticed. You see like scratch marks and everything mm-hmm. on the film every so often. Often. That's what I'm uh, talking about. Like the, they paid such uh, amazing attention to detail, parodying the whole. Uh, Uh, you know idea of a star trek movie it's like uh, so many great things they did to make this into a star trek movie and the best joke was obviously like when they uh, enter the ship it's just full of lens flares like just yes, everywhere yes, lens flares yes on the face jj abrams <laughs> and of course like captain freeman has her own catchphrase like every captain does which is warp me yes uh, that was nice uh, okay so basically the movie's plot is as usual there's uh, something you know troubling happening in some part of the galaxy and of course they have to send the cerritos because the cerritos has uh, conveniently had all the new upgrades and typical movie dialogue you like freeman play by the rules and you know just get the intel get in get out don't do anything else this and that all the you know movie stuff so they finally get there 
and who shows up but the big bad melodramatic villain of the movie vindicta who is basically just a uh, mariner in weird raccoon makeup vindicta that was my one thing like the name vindicta is basically just a joke on chaotica it's Ooh. kind of you know, slightly inspired by you know the captain proton villain and she's kind of a mixture of chaotica and also you know khan uh in that she's basically quoting shakespeare yes the tempest yeah and i don't know it's it's such a little thing that it doesn't even make sense that she's quoting shakespeare it's like a very flimsy connection but just that she's doing it is a very star trek thing and i absolutely love it and the thing is when you talked about chaotica now i now i see things in perspective now now vindicta is a parody on chaotica then you see in one of those two walks worst case scenario tom paris meets tom paris and in this one as well mariner meets mariner oh yeah mariner meets oh my god yes yes yeah if we go about it i think every episode of lord extras heavily on some or the other episodes of the other star trek shows which is which is great and it's fun yeah and you know one small thing before i miss that i recently was watching one of the interviews and i heard that uh, there was like i think probably after first contract or something for a tng movie they were scripting an idea for a film called star trek renaissance oh and the plot was something like the data would have traveled back in time to be an apprentice oh. for davinci okay that's that's just the whole movie <laughs> yeah that's just the whole movie but it never panned out i would definitely watch it well, i would never say no to a star trek movie anyway so okay you have uh, vindicta who is basically mariner really like kind of working through her issues and you really kind of i said this episode was dark because you kind of find out just how crude up mariner's head is because of her you know mommy issues she just goes on a full on murder rampage so many dead shirts you know and during that fighting sequence that i loved the role of shax in the very last section <laughs> shax is just yeah the big big you know uh, what is that cannon of a gun he is holding and he mentions you know when you get to hell tell the pirates uh, shax sent you special delivery from bejor is i think my favorite line of the episode yes yes for sure for sure it was good to hear some bajuran reference after a long time yeah you see you know the freedom fighter uh, no nonsense uh, rebel kind of uh, shacks yep, yep. Uh, which is sad because manner basically that blows him up with a bark head <laughs> that was the moment i was like oh okay okay this is this is like getting super messed up you know even by star trek lower deck standards and uh, tendy even calls her out on it first of all she's like the whole orion slave thing is kind of offensive no no and you know what this gives some context to the whole orion scene because you never really see when the orion is integrated with federation like initially you have some references in even in tos and tng and then you had in enterprise as well the enterprise show where you had some orion slaves and all of that all of this was there but uh, never really see them integrating with the federation but then you see tendy saying that you know we had never raided anybody for the last 5 years we are not the same pirates and all of that so probably somewhere around the 2370s i mean i think the whole thing with the orion is like most of them are capitalist pirate people but there are also some of them are like good people tendy was good we saw her expressing her disinterest and then moving on and yeah then we had uh, okay rutherford we have to talk about rutherford we do hey, rutherford uh, does the classic rutherford thing where he goes like i can do anything in this holodeck there are no absolutely no limits so he goes up to uh, his senior his boss billups and he basically just uh, lets it all out he you know gets all intense and he says 
you're the best engineer in all of starfleet <laughs> <laughs> which is just yeah that's that's on point even when he's a villain rutherford is super nice because of course he is yeah and you know you really see the love for these engineers among them and that whole yeah. sequence when they even uh, towards the end when you know the ship crashed on that planet and rutherford <laughs> coming out in the whole scene with billy like what is happening this is going so yeah, it's like yeah i, I like someone should write a rutherford and billups and you know yeah yeah for sure i'm sure it will it will already be out that was i think rutherford rutherford's whole arc which is basically just in the end uh, mariner basically says to him like billups is sitting right there just go and tell him and you see that last scene is like very i don't know sad i would say that he thinks that he holds billups to such a high extent but uh, billups is sitting there alone and he feels lonely or something like that billups is just quietly you know sadly eating a soup and rutherford is just like look at him he's just a stone cold badass yeah and i mean yeah it's kind of sad but it's also nice thinking that rutherford like billups uh, whether he knows it or not has really you know influenced uh, so much of rutherford's life which is nice yeah yeah so yeah that was rutherford's thing and the big thing of this episode i mean boimler was also kind of there his whole point was trying to basically find out how to kiss um, captain freeman's ass better and it pretty much goes nowhere except for the ending that, that plot line i think was kind of weak it's fine i mean it was it was just going there i didn't mind uh, it happening in the background the main thing which was mariner's whole thing where mariner goes to murder captain freeman but then holodeck mariner saves captain freeman and then mariner versus mariner you get which is which was awesome to see and you really see you know mariner's basically working out all her issues and find out that mariner acts like such a ungrateful jerk because everyone expects her to act like that and she actually she may not love the whole idea of starfleet but she loves her mother and that's why you know she does the whole self sacrifice thing so even when mariner is being the villain she is saved by other mariner which was it was nice i guess yeah yeah absolutely and we finally know mariner loves warpcore so no hiding that <laughs> yeah but you know probably that is how people deal with issues or with any problem in future using holodex you know you basically visualize your issues i know personally like i do it sometimes too and i know people who do it it's like you imagine having a conversation with yourself in your head sometimes that can be really helpful trying to work out your own issues because you can really be honest with yourself at least in your head this is just like a you know physical manifestation of that inside the holodex which i mean now you know that the holodeck is also a really you know a therapeutic tool not just for klingons trying to wanting to go on a rampage but also like mariner trying to get all his issues out and you have some weird uses of holodecks if you remember ds9 but we'll not go there let's keep it till that ah. <laughs> and um and yeah so that was nice and she she's like both the mariners basically realize that her mom is basically so hard on her only because she's watching out for mariner the only way uh, she's no she knows how to by being an overbearing mother i thought all that was really well done yeah yeah for sure for sure this is like one good episode where you see mariner in her worst and at her best and same with captain freeman and at the end we basically find out where mariner gets all her anger and you know rage from which is just basically from her mother as we find out when she her mother goes to see bird person <laughs> and she does the same thing with the table plant that mariner does yep yep and you finally come back to the last episode which i 
actually took it for granted but apparently nobody n- really knows that uh, captain freeman is the mother of mariner yeah and poor boimler is like trying to get information this whole episode trying to prepare for this interview and in the end basically the whole bomb drops on him that mariner is captain freeman's daughter it's like he basically hears freeman say that if anybody ever found out i would have to like court martial their ass <laughs> right out of starfleet boimler completely goes crazy and he screws up his interview and poor guy just yeah but did you realize that nobody knew about this like i was i just took it for granted i thought everybody just knew this yeah even like i was thinking the same thing but then uh, you kind of think about it like even in the first episode freeman wanted boimler to spy on mariner and uh, she did not give him a reason why so nobody knows i guess but next episode i guess everyone will find out probably yeah yeah that's basically the entire plot of the last episode so yeah let's see how will that turn out but okay the season has turned out like really good uh, it had some ups yeah. and downs but like Surely we'll cherish that. Yeah, the backup has been really good. I've really been enjoying it. And some of the other uh, references I found, there's that joke with the transporter beaming. Oh, yes. Technobabel, you know, the beaming reference in a movie, you can do anything with teleportation. Obviously, like, uh, as in every uh, Star Trek movie, the ship has to crash onto a planet in the most melodramatic fashion ever. It was a callback to Star Trek Wrath of Khan, Star Trek Search for Spock, Star Trek uh, oh, yeah. the first one, the reboot one, Star Trek Into Darkness. Beyond, <laughs> every every uh, one basically. Yeah, yeah. There was another which was about uh, you know confronting on a kitty metal catwalk, uh-huh. which is a weird Star Wars reference, I think. No, 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 no. I don't know whether it's a Star Wars reference or not. But I recently watched uh, this one, Kirk and Picard, where they both just oh, get right, right, generations and generations, Star- generations, generations. Yes, 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 yes. And they yeah, fight this I... Doctor Soren, Soren, in on the catwalk. Yeah, right, right, right. Because the whole environment was so dark and it was inside a thing. Am I? I mean, immediately went to the whole uh, Luke and Vader scene in Empire Strikes Back. You know, yeah, I can yeah. mention Star Wars on this podcast, right? I won't get like no, no. start a war. <laughs> no, I can admit I've never watched Star Wars. Like I really have. Yeah, you don't have to. It's fine. Yeah, okay. I love Star Trek. That's right. And a small reference from my side. There was a mention of how Mariner apparently dressed as Toby the Targ when she was a kid for Halloween. What reference was that? A Targ is basically the Klingon pet. Oh right, right. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, and Toby the Targ. was reference to voyager again balana torres had a, a toy named after that oh wow that is a deep cut oh, yes. i would never have guessed that so much voyager today oh, oh my god that's why like because the voyager is like fresh in my memory voyager and enterprise and these new movies because of just watched it in this last year back or so so it just remains there it's nice and i and i'm happy that voyager is getting more recognition because voyager is largely you know mostly ignored in the star trek canon because you know you have original series next generation is like the best one ds9 is like the dark one uh, enterprise is like the underrated one and so yeah voyager kind of gets lost in the shuffle so i'm glad that it's kind of making a resurgence yeah and i like i don't know what people say but i really liked voyager people rarely mention janeway but come on janeway was so so good yeah there's the wrong way there's the right way and there's the janeway I guess that's basically it. Yeah, that's about it. We're excited for the finale now. Let's yeah, hope yeah. it's gonna blow all us all of us away. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be crying at the theme song because it's gonna be the last time I hear it for a year. You never know. Probably Discovery changes the theme song, makes it something new. They've been making some oh, good things. That would that see. would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. चलो ठीक है. We'll be waiting for that. Always excited for more Trek. Hopefully they have something yeah. planned as soon as Discovery ends. I don't want to go, you know, without Trek. चलो ठीक है. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We'll come back with the last episode of Lower Decks. Till then, thank you guys. Bye bye. And bye bye. Warp me. <laughs> <laughs>
thank you to all the listeners i'll catch up with you again soon with someone new and lots of interesting discussions so bye Thank you.